am I taking somebody who's just touched the brand to go in, well, I'm now investing time in researching the brand and then looking at, are they going from investing in research into band for us building a bike and configuring the bike and customizing it and making it more like what they want? Mm. That's the success. That's where brands are formed. It's it's not the conversion. It's not the awareness. It's that transition between the lines. Welcome to Statements of Intent. In this 20-minute episode, we're addressing how e-commerce has lost sight of the people at its very heart. You, the customer. It's a chat that's optimistic, it's casual, it's probably slightly ranty in places, but that's okay. But it's a place where I talk to senior e-commerce marketers and share their statement of how they're looking to change the status quo of e-commerce, adding more care, being more considerate to those very people that they're selling to the customer. I'm your host, David Mannheim, the founder of Made of Intent, and we're going to jump right into it. Have fun. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Statements Intent. I'm here with Matthew Lawson, CDO at River Cycles, ex-e-commerce director, Love Holidays, and ex-head of conversion at AO. You've got a great yeah. yeah, I did like 27 um, roles at AO, so... Um, <laughs> was that your last one? That was the last one, yeah. Okay. Being, in a, being a business that was at the early stages of e-commerce, you didn't really have a role. You were just learning new stuff, doing different things. When were you um, head of conversion? What was the, uh, I don't know, what year was that? And how was it 30 years ago, 40 years ago? How? Oh, no, thanks a lot. Uh, it feels like it. Don't know. I've said I've been in commerce coming up to 20 years. So it mm. was the early part of that, that phase. Um, I think it's one of those where, um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Like 20 years, years in e-commerce. And you know, you know, Matt, like we're all about status quo in e-commerce, the dogma, the different perspective. It has to has to change. Do you how have you seen e-commerce change over those 20 years? Bit of a deep loaded question for you. Yeah, so um e-commerce has been from being first to market with things. So being the first to be able to do something. So whether that was being able to give reviews, whether that was to uh, facilitate customers, whether that was to give a proposition that was actually good. So that is not necessarily an e-commerce experience, but trying to execute that. So like, you know, if we went back to, I don't know, I don't want to do stress about the old times, like, hey, yo, it was like, it was game changing being able to offer next day delivery. Um, which was rock hard for massive white goods, but you know it was ultimately um, we started with what was right with the customer, and then tried to reverse engineer it, and that was very much how we approached our website. Uh, our shopping experience was okay. What what do you actually need? And then figured out how to do it. That was you know that was including building video studios in a. Um, in a warehouse in the the armpit of the northwest, and you're just like middle of nowhere, just trying to find something to be able to do it. But we did it. Um, it can, was, I, can I just like double click on the fact that you called Bolton the armpit of the northwest? I never said Bolton. I didn't say Bolton. <laughs> you said Bolton. No um, uh, but fundamentally, it was trying to figure out like uh, what could we do 
Um, but also to be like, not throw money at it. You know, you can't just, it's not an infinite pot of money. Um, and I think one thing that the wider context of this is that I feel like historically e-commerce has always been seen as being cheaper than bricks and mortar as a cheap route to market, but it, it's definitely not. When you start adding up the costs of the, the, the talent needed to do it, the, the, mm. the tech needed to deliver it, um, the, the investments in, in trying to drive sessions, it really isn't um, a, a cheap game to be playing in. And I feel like that has evolved over the years where it's become more invested as people see it as the, the default route to market. But um, you, the, the opportunity is where you, can you be efficient in that space? Because that's where the... That's where the, 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 the um evolution is is heading towards it's not about doing it yeah because everybody can do it but it just costs you a lot to do it with a quick way to do it um to 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 be the the best at it you've got to be efficient at it and that that efficiency is across all the things from how you acquire customers to how you convert customers how you look after the customers and the tech that's there to deliver it, because there's uh, there's there's tech to do everything, mm. and there's every every niche you can imagine. There's tech to do it, and they all have their costs. And then you've got all the people that you need to put on those tech cost tech to maximize those costs, so they can very easily inflate. Um, and the same goes for for market like uh, acquisition. That that there's you can drive efficient costs. Or you can be inefficient with your costs because you're you're chasing a fanciful number. You know, all these type of things, like where you know, where we talk about sessions and conversion, which is which is the one that you want. Um, it's debated all the time which is better, um, and they, where they can you find your opportunities? Yeah, well, they're not mutually exclusive, they're, but it is a tension um, because mm. the the one thing I would say is that. When people say, what's the perfect conversion rate? You said it I, back to my, my, my it, it's, it's relative because that conversion rate, once you get it to a number, you hmm. will want to drive more sessions that will drive down that conversion rate. So conversion rate is a, a barometer of what you're willing to, to or what you can afford in regards to driving sessions and marketing. So that is, it's, it's all about playing it up. Once it dials it up, I'm going to smash it down with more sessions. Once I dial it up, I'm going to smash it down. So there's no, there's no winner when it comes to conversion rate. You just got to, you've got to really work hard to make sure you are fulfilling the, the, the required performance to drive uh, an efficient, effective business. So much to focus on what you just said because you, you've been talk, you're talking like the evolution of e-commerce has moved moved from a doing phase like we can do it we're going to work backwards from the customer we can do X to an efficiency phase. Then you talk about the metrics of success being sessions or acquisition traffic numbers more is more and conversion and the two are 
like relative, like where do you want to focus your attention? Again, efficiency. So before you came on, we talked about your statement of intent, your thing that um, dictates how we should treat customers and by virtue how we should measure them. And your statement of intent of is it depends, it's all about context. Mm -hmm. Can we double down on that? Like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by, by it's all about context? So it's all about context because I, and again, it's, it's it probably to give context to why it's about context is that I, as a role at my current place, Ribble, I oversee all the performance marketing, all the tech and e-commerce. Uh, so it's quite a broad remit. And in some businesses, they are completely separate entities. And that does have a, you know, it allows focus, but also um, it can drive a tension between departments. It's yeah. not about my sessions. It's about the conversion. It's not about the conversion. It's about the quality of the traffic where I sit across both. So therefore I'm looking at the, the balancing figure. Where do you want, you know, we, you know, I'm responsible for both. So therefore I'm, I'm like trying to find that, um, the, the, the right balance in my own priority and what the, the noises that I'm hearing from the wider business, the commercials, the the the, the, the wider my, uh, market conditions, all those things that I have to be factored into this. And when it comes to to context, and where is it? It's it's, it's trying to understand what we're trying to achieve right now, okay. because that changes the dynamic altogether. So I could be having a conversation with. My, with the board about trying to be profitable and therefore profitability can be driven through looking for if, like efficiencies across all time. What, what tech do I not need to use? What can yeah, I cut out from the market and spend yeah. about efficiencies? But then they can talk about growth and therefore my track tactics can be more aggressive with where I want to spend. I could be more about... Um, what levers I can pull for, for, for where I can put investments into uh, new channel optimization or uh, where I'm willing to accept a lower ROAS on my marketing. But equally, when it comes to like other challenges, it might be cash flow is a mm. challenge. And therefore, I go, okay, let's take off my long game look after the customer hat and let's start layering in uh, promotional uh, levers. And using um, urgency or scarcity or other tactics to get that conversion over the line, and you go okay, because that's the, at that time it's the right thing to do, because it's the thing that you have to do. Yeah, but you are like playing one off to the. I'm a bet in the future for the short term. Am I invested in the long term, but taking my time in the short term? And it depends on what I'm trying to do. And the, for a business, there's never a perfect answer because there's so many other tensions in the air and tensions in the room and tensions in the business. And some of those things you can control 
like what promotional levers that you want to pull and how hard you want to push it. But there's things that you can't control, like the macro market environment. So like you go, okay, I can't control the fact that cost of living is coming and I can't control that we're in a um, we're going into a holiday season where people might not be necessarily thinking about my product. So do we chase or do we wait? And do we wait and fish where there's fish or fish when there's fish? Or do we try and throw out a trawl and enter the abyss and hope that we get lucky? That's where the context is because the context is so many other factors. And I feel like it's very easy for people when in their own isolated bubble of a sector or a or an industry or a, um, a like a professional field to not appreciate the wider context of yeah all the other factors. Well, that's, that's, that's always been like commercialism. For me, when I was hiring at my agency, I always found the abject lack of commercialism, mostly related to experience, right? The younger the person is, the lack of commercial experience they have, and that that's, that can only be garnered over time. I found that to be like the killer. So you, what I found really interesting in what you're saying is if context is king and context comes from alignment, I I just kind of feel as though, maybe I've got a chip on my shoulder, Matt, but I feel as though... A lot of retailers out there focus on nothing but short-termism. Is that like a statement of the economy currently? Do you think that's an accurate statement? Do you think that's a short-termism, a need for immediacy? Um, there's definitely a, an immediacy because we need to keep we need to keep the lights on. You know, ultimately, cash coming in is the lifeblood of any business in any sector. And obviously more, the more profitable you are, the, the, the bigger the, the buffer you've got, the bigger the war chest you can have. But momentum in, a, in, a, in any business is important. Yeah. When it's keeping hold of momentum, it's easier to feel momentum on yesterday's numbers rather than looking for wider like wider long-term growth long-term growth assessments usually come once or twice a year quarterly figures you don't talk about it every day because that's I, I you know I'm guilty of it in every business that I've been in when I've gone right Let's take a look back, which is very far, very few times. It's like, wow, that has grown. We were looking on significant growth. You know, mm. um, Ribble alone from where we focused on bikes, we've gone from, you know, single digit millions, low digit millions, into um, like, well, quadrupling, if not. Centuplating uh, the, the number of growth, and you're like, oh wow, that's that's a centuplating. Yeah, I don't even know what that number is, but you know what I mean. It's like it's you go, we've we've grown the business by a factor of um, by factors rather than percentages, and you don't get you don't get that 
you don't do that reflection very often. Therefore, mm. I am looking back at yesterday, and yesterday is important. What am I going to do to make it better tomorrow? Because there, that I've got to go to the weekly trading meetings to justify what we're doing, and it's harder to do that investment. And when it comes to budget allocations and where we want to place our bets, it's harder for someone to say, "Let's let's go for the long term." investment we're going it's harder because they're not necessarily going to feel it and sometimes those investments are bigger um the analogy that is being i see quite a lot right now because the seasonally relevant like when it talks to like brand and trying to get an roi on your brand investment it's like believing in father christmas you have to believe you got to believe it to for it to happen. You know, you got really got to go on it, but you got to look on long term, and that happens across all fields. Like, what am I, what can I do today? Um, and that yeah. immediacy. That's why when it became the dynamics that you've seen in Black Friday. Black Friday was a day, yeah. Then it was a week, yeah. It's a now a month because people do not want to miss. They don't want to be seen as not being on the pulse, so they go early. Because if they go early, they can say we went, we were, yeah, we were ahead. We did it first. But again, crazily, do you not feel? Do you not feel that drives like a short-termism factor? I think Black Friday is a really good example of we have this one day to drive up sales. Oh no, we need a week. Oh no, it's the beginning of November. It's like Christmas come, feels like it comes early and early every year. Yeah. I mean, you start seeing Christmas sandwiches, Pret-a-Manger, um, so it's terribly middle class, isn't it? It feels as though, you know, it, it comes earlier every single year on the 1st of November. It feels as though brands, retailers, try to get more of that pie as early as they can to be more immediate. And it, I, let's relate it all back to context, right? It comes down based on the context based on the alignment of the organization and that impacts their strategy. Does it also impact how they treat their customers? The levers that they pull? Well, it depends on what you want. So it's that treatment of um, how you communicate to the customer, what you're saying to the customer. You know, you, you go from potentially talking about the story of the product that you're trying to sell to talking about the price of the product that you're trying to sell. Um, and that that's good at potentially of those people you've been already warmed up, but that could be the first interaction with somebody else. And that is that is that the right thing to do? Um, don't how, do you, how do you approach that, if you don't mind me asking at Ribble, which is basically a long purchase cycle. You know, it's, an edu- it's a product that requires education. It's a product that has a high value attributed to it. So there's a considered purchase cycle there of not just I'm going to purchase at a session, it's going to be numerous sessions and it's going to take me some time. How do you treat customers over that purchase life cycle? So um, we, we definitely have, um, well, a mantra particularly in, in the team of, um, don't chase the sale, build the brand. You know, we don't have um, our 
store teams with any sort of commission levels or anything like that to try and get them to get the deal. Obviously, we measure them on it because it's important. It's a conversion rate. It's a factor. It's KPI. Are we are we doing consistently well? That's a factor. So that's the wider context. You know, ultimately, that's that's a, the good principle to, to to follow. But our buying cycle is exactly what you said. Very long. I was debating uh, with um, our attribution technology. How long do you need to actually run an attribution model for for it to be a real relative to our industry or to our sector or to our brand. And we were talking about not like a 90 day window. We were talking about a two year window. Wow. Because that's usually the average buying cycle for somebody in our sector who's in our market. That's massive. That's so much data that actually every day for the next two years, I'll be judging the effectiveness of that one pound we spent in 2021. You're like, wow, can you run like that? No, you can't. So back to that point of do you believe? It's not. It's important that we are doing the right things and in communicating the right the, the right message to a, the correct standard. And that is important to 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 be your guiding guiding star. That said. We try to get other barometers of success to help inform decisions. So we like to look at what the, the consumer's behavior is like on the site yeah. to say, are they looking like somebody at a similar stage of their journey? And are they transitioning from one to the other? And so that progression is the thing that we need to look at. Am I taking somebody who's just touched the brand to go in, well, I'm now investing time in researching the brand and then looking at, are they going from investing in researching the brand for us building a bike and configurating the bike and customizing it and making it more like what they want? Mm. That's 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 the that's the success. That that that's the that's where the the that's where brands are formed. It's it's not the conversion. It's not the awareness. It's that transition between the lines. Am I becoming engaged? And that engaged element is what we are, what, what the, the team is obsessed about measuring and chasing and making happen. And that is not just one dimensional about acquisition. It's mm. all about all touch points. And all those touch points can happen in and outside the website. And we need to understand the journey that comes with the customer. And actually, I can't win it for us. I can't, like, all the marketing I can do for cycling, the biggest influencer for what bike someone's going to buy in cycling is usually that person's best mate who rides a bike. Yeah, of course. Because they are looking for that guidance. They're looking for that, just give me something to where to start. But then when they come into market, that's when I've got to be the, the best of the best. I've got to be uh, trying to well, find can, that you balance. Sell, you can sell better once you understand the context of that individual. I mean, it's just a, yes. it's a gift. 
Sounds very much like trying to understand somebody's intent, if you ask me. Um, yeah. Well, look, that has been that has been eye-opening. You speak with such like articulation and passion, clearly. So context is king. I love your analogies about Father Christmas, the trawling fish. I don't know if you used those before, but they were very apt, so well done. Um, thank you very much for your time, and have a good day. Well done. Thank you. No, thank you for listening. Cheers. There we have it. Thank you so much for listening. Please do like, subscribe, and share on whatever platform it is that you're listening to on today. This show comes from the team behind Made With Intent, the customer intent platform for retailers. If you are, of course, interested in being more profitable whilst being more personal, then please feel free to check us out at madewithintent.ai. Thanks again for listening and joining us on our mission to change how e-commerce sees, measures, and treats their customers. I've been your host, David Mannheim. Have a great day.